Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 223, Setting Up on a Wild Turkey with Will Primos. And I am your host and the guy who still has not pulled the trigger on a deer yet. The pressure is on. It's mounting. I'm feeling the world closing in on me. We have about three and a half days of deer season left. Yes, our deer season in Alabama is extremely long and extremely drawn out. In fact, it is too long, in my opinion. Despite the lengthy deer season, I have yet to squeeze the trigger on one. Not even a shot fired at one yet. I've seen several now, but I have not squeezed the trigger yet. And that will probably change Saturday afternoon or Sunday morning of this week because I need some more meat for the freezer. And my mother-in-law has asked for some deer meat for the freezer. And I can't let my mother-in-law down. She probably would think I'm a terrible hunter. And we can't have that happening. So even though we're three and a half days from the end of deer season in Alabama. We are only 37 days, 15 hours, 5 minutes, and 46 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. All right, I've got lots of great info for you guys today. I've got some turkey soup for you since it is still prime time for turkey hunting news. And I have the long-awaited interview with Will Primos about setting up properly on a turkey hunt. And Will is going to share his knowledge with us on that. Now, this is a topic that was actually suggested by my buddy Griff Balti from Kentucky. And by the way, Griff, call or text me if and when you'll be in Nashville this coming week. I'd love to see you again. Shake your hand and say hello. See how things have been going for you. All right. Let me get back on topic here. The reason that this interview is long-awaited is because Will and I actually did this same interview, or the topic for this interview, about 100 episodes ago, basically two years ago. And I had some technical difficulties with the interview. So I'm going to play for you a little clip of that interview so you'll know what I'm talking about. Yes, that was it. You heard it. It was a little over an hour of 
silence. And actually, I just played for you Will's part of the interview. My part of the interview sounds just like this, with me talking in it. But Will's part did not come through in the recording, and I don't know what happened, but whatever that technical issue was, fortunately for me, has not happened again. But Will, being the good guy that he is, agreed to come back on the show, and this interview is long-awaited by me, because you guys probably never knew that I even conducted that interview with Will to start with, but I'd been wanting to get Will on the show for a long time. I had him on a couple of years ago, or tried to have him on a couple of years ago, and it just didn't work out, but we fixed that now. You know, I probably, like most of you guys, have admired Will for quite some time. He's not only just a super nice guy, but he is really very smart and a good businessman as well. So I'm looking forward to bringing this interview to you guys today. But first, you get a little dose of regular old me with some new turkey soup. First up today, I thought this was pretty interesting. I'm not really sure why I think it's all that interesting, but I do. So Maine Wildlife Department officials are considering offering a youth turkey season during the fall. If the proposal is passed, each youth turkey hunter will be allowed to take one turkey during the week of Thanksgiving. Personally, I think that's a pretty cool idea, and I hope it passes. Number two, Indiana turkey hunters, and any of you guys who want to turkey hunt in Indiana this year, you have from now until March the 22nd to apply for a special opportunity, or as they call it, reserved turkey hunt. Applications are taken only online at hunting.in.gov. There are a slew of hunts available in the reserved hunts, so you guys should have no difficulty finding one or two of those hunts that you would want to apply for. Now, the next topic, when I saw it, I thought, you know, that'd be pretty cool to do. That would be something I would be very interested in doing. I don't know that I'm going to be able to even try to squeeze it in for this year, but I may as well look into applying to see what all kind of regulations or restrictions there are in putting in an application. But here's what I'm talking about. The 2019 Cape Cod National Seashore Turkey Season is going to take place this year from April the 29th through May the 18th, which is basically the first three weeks of Massachusetts season. If you're going to apply and you get drawn, you will need to get a National Seashore Turkey Hunting Permit in addition to your state hunting license and turkey hunting permit. All other state hunting regulations apply on the seashore. They will be issuing only 150 weekly permits, which is going to be 50 for each week. So the opportunities to get in on one of those hunts are very limited. The permits are only valid for the week that you're selected for. And if you want to apply, you have to do so by mail. So if this is something you're interested in doing, I would recommend going to your favorite search engine and typing in Cape Cod National Seashore Turkey Hunt. And somewhere in the results should be an opportunity to click a link to actually download the turkey hunting permit application. And then you should also see the address that that application needs to be mailed to. 
Your application must be postmarked by March the 31st of 2019. Topic number four for today. Fall turkey hunters in Pennsylvania will be losing one day of their fall turkey season because the state will be opening its deer season two days earlier. Pennsylvania state officials say, eh, no big deal. That segment of turkey season was only a three-day season, which accounted for only 20% of the fall harvest anyway. So, tough luck, fall turkey hunters in Pennsylvania. Congratulations, deer hunters in Pennsylvania. Personally, it seems kind of silly that they would cut the season by one day in order to open their deer season two days earlier, when why not let it overlap, even if just on private land and not on public land? Oh, well, what do I know? Okay, so you guys are now up to date on the current need to know turkey and turkey hunting news. So let's jump into the interview with Will Primos and let's learn a little bit more about what we should and should not be doing during that critical point of our hunt in choosing a setup spot and actually setting up on that gobbling turkey. Here's Will Primos and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey everybody, I am glad to tell you that I have on the line with me today Will Primos, who I'm sure all of you guys know in the hunting world, and we are going to talk about a topic that I think, and I know Will does too, is extremely crucial in determining whether or not we're going to be successful on a turkey hunt. And so we're going to jump right into this. Will's got another engagement right after this interview, so I want to be respectful respectful of his time. So we're going to jump in and go with this. Will, how are you and where are you today? Oh, I'm at home. I'm in Madison, Mississippi, so thank you. I'm proud to be a part. Good deal. Well, thanks a bunch for coming on and taking time out of your schedule to do this. Yes, sir. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into turkey hunting. Well, I'm, I'm 66. I'll be 67 in a couple of weeks. Born in 1952. Grew up in a wonderful extended family of aunts and uncles and grandfathers and great-grandmother and all lived on the same small 52-acre little plot of land, had a lake, and as I grew up, all I wanted to do was fish and hunt and frog gig and you name it, and that stayed with me as I went to school and I had to be beating the head to study and all that kind of stuff, because all I wanted to do was be outside and play <laughs> Sounds familiar. like a lot of young boys, but uh, at any rate... Um, I started making, uh, you know, turkey calls and hunting turkeys and all that, and that was quite an adventure trying to figure out and un- understand the sounds. And uh, I even got turkeys and wild turkeys that a guy had run over the mama with a bush hog, and I <clears throat> incubated the eggs, and I ended up with a gobbler and a hen, and had them in a pen in my backyard and studied them and recorded their voices their name was conway and loretta all right <laughs> yeah that's what, that's what that's what i named them and that was a lot of fun and i learned a lot uh i'd feed them crickets and when you would tease the hen she'd sit on my my 
leg and I'd tease her with a cricket and if I took it away from her she'd kind of do a half-hearted cackle and just hearing it that close was interesting and to hear that note and that double note and then how they can their voices would change they, they, they were raspy some days and some days they were clear and then hearing a lot of the little feeding sounds and stuff like that that they would do and I'd go out there and throw the crickets on the ground as they chase them and make all these little noises so i use those in my turkey hunting and you can hear that i guess you can hear that probably more deer hunting than any other time uh, you're up to a tree deer hunting and a flock comes by you and you get to listen from the and if you're if you're able to be still enough and have them not find you up in that tree because they're, they're so sharp oh my gosh they are. but anyway they you can listen to those sounds but you know, my uncles and, and my daddy worked a lot. He he would take me small game hunting, squirrel hunting, and dove hunting. But my uncles were avid, avid. And so I just was encouraged by them. And I was hunting deer and hunting ducks and hunting doves and quail. Quail was a tremendous love as a young man. That kind of went away as the habitat changed. Mm-hmm. A wild quail anyway. And so I, I just... I don't know. I, just something about the springtime. I love the springtime. The weather, the fronts coming through, the little greens, I call them all, the trees blooming back out. And I just like the life cycle of the turkey and the gobble of a, of a gobbler. And I love setting the turkey. And, and the ones that take two or three hours, if they ever come, and then they come in there looking like a big, bad joker who's standing there looking for the slightest little thing out of place because he knows the hen's over there somewhere, but he don't he don't want to go to her. He wants her to come to him sort of you know, deal. So anyway, mm-hmm. I just love the game. And I've hunted them, gosh, just about every state in the country. I have to add them, which ones I hadn't visited. But I've loved that, and I've hunted some. I've, I've hunted some Rios in Kansas, and some Miriams in New Mexico mountains that were just as bad as an Eastern. Oh yeah. But all in all, an Eastern, an Eastern swamp gobbler, is is the baddest. I mean, they just bad. They are. <laughs> They're mean. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I think if if a hunter can get to where they're killing those fairly consistently then most of the other birds the subspecies around won't be quite as much of a challenge well i don't know what you mean by consistently but if you mean consistently week in and week out for several years i just don't think that's possible (laughs) you may you may have a good run at it one year the next year you'll find out that was just luck Well, my my hunting season last year would would prove your point to a T. So we're we'll leave it at that. I got whipped by plenty of them last year. I got whipped by some too, but I had some hunts last year. All all this 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 whole thing with Primo's hunting calls and hunting started uh, as I began to make these calls and began to sell them. I needed a way to. I, I didn't have any money. So I call it radical marketing. You find out how can I get the word out? How can I get people interested? So you go to a show in 1983, it was the audio cassette. It wasn't even a, a DVD. It was an audio cassette. That's all we had. And so I took recorders to the woods and recorded hunts. And then I put together some instructions and did those and put out a cassette tape that had an actual hunt on it. 
and then gave the different sounds of turkey instructions. And I used two other good friends of mine to help me with that. They had different perspectives than I did and could, you know, maybe help somebody more than I could. Different people can help different people depending on how you communicate. Anyway, and so that was the first effort. And, and, and then came the VHSs. And then later they turned into DVDs. But this year, I got to go for the first year in 42 years of having the company in the first time since 1987 by myself on my own place and set to a turkey. No camera, no, no, nobody wow. telling me not to shoot because I ain't seen the turkey. And that was last year. And um, I really had a blast. I, I, I mean, I had some knock-down, drag-out. And as you get older, everybody's going to lose some hearing, but I I didn't protect my ears as a kid. So it's one thing I want to throw in here on this podcast is make sure you protect your hearing, especially shooting doves, quail, skeet, sporting clays. Every time you hear ringing, you can, you're just about sure that you've damaged the nerve, and the nerve will never come back. It doesn't regenerate, yeah. and you're going to lose hearing. So uh, that that means a lot. But I, as I stood there, I can remember standing on this one ridge. And it's a very very sharp ridge. I call them I, I call them hogbacks. I mean they're, they're sharp. I mean, it's, and they, they fall off in front of you and back of you. And I'm standing there and I'm listening. And I heard this. Ow. I went, "Dang, that sound like a turkey." So I moved about a hundred yards down the ridge and just stood there. I yelped on a box call. And I heard, I went, dead. yes, sir, that is him. That's a turkey. I mean, the first time I heard him, it was so far away, mm-hmm. but, it's, but it was in response to something. And it just, it's just, the, even though the hearing doesn't pick it up perfectly as a gobble, it's something to it. And then you right. get where you really can't hear it. But anyway, I killed that turkey, and I ended up shooting him at less than 10 yards. And, um it was just, it was just, it was just great. <laughs> it yeah. was just great. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, you touched on something that I hear quite a bit in talking to a lot of the men and women that are in the, in the industry, the hunting industry, and that is that this is the first time in 42 years you have hunted by yourself without a camera, yeah. without yeah. having somebody bossing you around telling you you can't shoot, you know, yeah. shoot now. Okay, don't shoot. Shoot now, and so and that takes a lot away from it. And we we've got yeah. the best camera guys over the years, from way back there with with Ron Jolly. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, there have been so many good ones: Brad Ferris, Jeff Sherwood, Chuck Jones. I mean, they're doing some fantastic. And Troy Ruiz is there now, and when you got Jordan Blissett and Lake Pickle, these guys, they're great, and we're like. We're just like one almost, and so it's a lot. It, 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 it's not that bad, but it can be. Uh, I remember I was over at Macon, Mississippi, hunting, and the, the the turkey. When he showed up, he showed up where we didn't think he would. He's he he came up, up around a little bit different. So my gun is to the left of where he is, mm-hmm. and I it's a, I have to move the gun two and a half feet to kill him. So I can't move yet because if I move, he's gone, and. So I, I whispered to Lake to make sure he knows where the turkey is, and he didn't. Now he sees him. And so the turkey figured it out, mm-hmm. and he's about 
35 yards. And so he starts rubbernecking and doing his little deal and moving to the right. And as soon as he got a big pine tree on us, I mean, he's booking it. And I leaned over and Lake said, no, I can't see him. Boom. And I shot him because I could lean over and shoot to the side of that tree. And I killed him. But the, the camera sees the turkey fall into the frame, but it didn't actually see the shot. Well, I just said, just, I, I said, Lake, I, hey, that might not have been exactly what you wanted, but that's what you got. <laughs> <laughs> In other words, I've just gotten a little bit impatient in my old age because it's hard sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you, you, you yell at a turkey off and on, and you play the silent game, and you're scratching the leaves, and you do all the things you think you know how to do to get him to want to come see you, and that takes an hour and a half. And finally, he shows up. And you want some stupid cameraman to tell you, you can't shoot? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that for those of us that watch the TV shows, and you know, I'm gonna go back in history and go back to the VHS tapes because that's where I was first introduced to Will Primos was in the Truth series, and you know, we see that and we think, well, that would just be awesome to do that. You know, do that full time and you know, have that be a job and whatever else. And I know it has been awesome. It's been a great experience for you, but there's so much to it that, you know, I think that we that are not in the industry full time don't understand it. It is a job, you know, and you're trying well, to make it, it, a product. Yeah, it it is. But, you know, I, it has been wonderful. And it, it we were very lucky to be able to put together what we did to promote the company and to be involved in the the fun side of the business, if you will. And we've learned a lot watching these hunts and watching our mistakes. You know, you, you go back and you think, wait a minute, did I cackle him? Did I ever cackle him? And you don't even remember. And you, you, you watch the tape, and sure enough, you find out whether you did or you didn't. Or you see your body movements, and the camera might be right behind you, and you see your movement, and you see the turkey in the same frame, and the instant you move, you watch him pick that head straight up. He caught it. Right. And it teaches you, it teaches you stuff. So those kind of things have been wonderful. So don't get me long. I've been so fortunate, and it's been a lot of fun. It still is. I, I'm, I'm wanting to do a little things that I like to do. I love to wing shoot, so I, I, I'm... I'm traveling around shooting wild quail. I just got back from the Arizona-Mexico border hunting Mern's quail, which was an incredible experience. And I'm going to do it again. It was so much, it was so cool. But going back to what we're talking about and making those sacrifices and being with the camera, making that your job, you know, it, there was a passion involved. It is something that I love, but I like quality things. I like doing them a certain way. And I'll, I'll tell you, I, I, I used to use, try to tell somebody that ha- what sacrifice can mean if you sacrifice things so that you can have what you really, what you really are after later. And I had a guy in, in my Sunday school co- uh, class quoted a guy, and I later, after Sunday school class, I up one parent and said, now, what was the guy's name? It turned out to be his son. And the, here's the quote, and this applies to so much of life, not just turkey hunting and, and building a business, building a hunting business or whatever it is in life, whether it be a relationship with your wife, a relationship with your kids, your father, your mother, whatever. 
And this is it. Discipline is simply turning down what I want now so later I can have what I want most. So you can apply that to so many things. And it in turkey hunting, that applies because it's discipline. I mean, do not move. Do not move anything on your body at any time at all. Get comfortable and grin and bear it. Because if what you really want to do is shoot that turkey, you better have the discipline to stay still so I can have what I really want later. Right. I can I can get my uh, my my behind that's gone to sleep or is now numb. I can fix that later. <laughs> true. Very true. I love that quote. By the way, that's that's awesome. I just li- I live by it. I, I got it. I, I got it in different places around. I remind myself all the time because it's all it's all about discipline. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about how we can get ourselves in position to have our rear end fall asleep on us so we can get a shot at, at a bird. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that is all that I have for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's interview with Will, then you will want to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. And in order to do so, all you need to do is text the word Turkey. Hunter. Make that one word. Do not put a space between the word turkey and hunter. Make it one word. Text that to the number 44222. Once you do that, I'm going to send you instructions on what you can do to get a link emailed to you that you can click on to create a username and password in the Podbean application, and to pay the $18 per year annual subscription fee for the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. When you do those two things, creating a username and password and paying the $18 subscription fee, you are going to get access to not only the premium content of this week's episode, but you're going to get the premium content for all of our past episodes and the premium content for the next 52 weeks as well. There's a ton of content locked up under the premium content subscription. And for $18, it really is a bargain. Hey, Will Primos is always gracious with his time and knowledge, and he doesn't expect anything from sharing either of those. In fact, he wouldn't even let me ask him about Primos hunting because he wanted this interview to be about you guys instead of the company that he started and grew over the years. He would have spent two hours on the phone talking to me about turkeys because he absolutely loves it like we do. And I know that to be a fact because he did spend two hours with me on the phone in the previous interview that I did with him, where his half of the interview is lost somewhere in recording software mumbo jumbo. If you guys are going to be in Nashville for the NWTF convention and sports show in about a week, and you see Will, please tell him that you heard him on the Turkey Hunter podcast and thank him for sharing his time and knowledge with us. Oh yeah, and if you need some turkey calls or gear, then check out the Primos booth while you're there. Okay, it is now time for my favor of the week. Think of two turkey hunting buddies who you have saved in your telephone. So I'm going to pause for a couple of seconds and let you think about the names of a couple of turkey hunters saved in your phone. Now, if you would please open up your podcast player application 
and click the share button or forward the link to this week's show to those two turkey hunting buddies via text message. It will take you literally 15 to maybe 20 seconds to do, but it will be a huge help in spreading the word about the show. That's it. That's all that I've got for you guys this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.